And we are back after a very eventful draft weekend. Uh, Tyler, what did you think of the draft? I, I had a great time watching, honestly. And uh, we were talking, I think, uh, on our final mock draft, if a lot of the other drafts had been like this, where it felt like it was so actually exciting uh, to mm-hmm. see, especially in the first round, there are so many different types of uh, picks that each team could use and the quality and the talent, uh, especially in the, the, the top 10, uh, mm-hmm. was just it, it absolutely uh, unremarkable, uh, so to say. I think that it is uh, – this might be a draft that we look back uh, 10 years from now and see, like, that's a Hall of Famer, that's a Hall of Famer, he's a Hall of Famer, he's a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? Potentially Hall of Famer, he's had five Pro Bowls, you know, like so on. It, this feels like this one of that, uh, those drafts. And um, it's going to be really interesting as well, especially with the quarterback situations. Uh, and I think that's what made this draft really interesting. Mm-hmm. There were five quarterbacks uh, that uh, could have honestly gone anywhere. I mean, maybe Mac Jones was the only one that couldn't have gone number one. Uh, there were four elite pass catchers, uh, if you're including Kyle Pitts, and then the, th- the three top receivers. Uh, and – uh, a lot of teams made decisions where a lot of those guys were also still available. Um, we're going to get more into like the QB situation as well. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, all the trades that happened before the draft, I think, kind of took away a little bit of the excitement of some of the trading up uh, during draft day specifically. But all in all, it was really interesting to watch. And uh, I say I think we did a pretty good job uh, on our mock draft. Uh, yeah, no, I think we did too. So, but uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, just to kind of speak on some of like what you said, I think the draft was very interesting because a lot of talent made it down into the second half of the first round because mm-hmm. five of the first 15 picks were uh, quarterbacks. Yeah. And so not not that those picks were unwarranted. It just pushes t- talent down the board because the quarterback position is valued higher. And so for me, I really enjoyed watching it. I think it was very suspenseful. Um one of the things that caught me by surprise was there were not a ton of trades. I think there were only three trades in the first round. Um, yeah. And that kind of set the tone for the rest of the draft. Not a lot of teams traded up, really traded back. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. For me, it was interesting. But to me, the most interesting part of the draft was where all the quarterbacks went. Um, mm-hmm. That's the most valuable position in football. And I think this year had a really loaded quarterback class. The last time we saw five quarterbacks go in the first round, uh, it was Baker Mayfield when Baker Mayfield went first overall. And I think this class is head and shoulders above those five quarterbacks right now. Um, Hopefully three of the five of them can uh, turn out to be starters. Uh, I know the jury's still out on Sam Darnold, uh, so that could make it four out of those five. But uh, for me – I think this is the best quarterback class we've seen in years, and it was exciting to kind of watch and see where they're going to be playing at. So Yeah, yeah. And, and that goes to one of the things, especially five years from now, we're, we're going to look back at this draft, and it's going to be, uh, I think, for Jacksonville and New York, I think the correct picks were made. Now, if they pan out, you know, who knows? Everyone thought Sam Darnold was going to pan out for the Jets, and I don't think it was all Sam Darnold's fault personally, but at the time mm-hmm. it was the right pick. You know, it was a stretch. But then you get to the yeah. 49ers, 
uh, at pick number three and picking Trey Lance over Justin Fields and Mac Jones. Not saying he doesn't have the potential, but it's going to be really interesting to see five years from now uh, when Trey Lance is supposed to be the starter uh, and if he is still the starter. Because uh, even then you have guys like Jared Goff uh, and Carson Wentz. Uh, in that draft, they go one-two. Uh, and neither one of them are, are with their prospective teams. Same thing with Andrew Luck and Jameis Winston as well. And there's a, a big quarterback con, uh, controversy who's going to be taken first. Um, even though Andrew Luck had a great career, uh, just just kind of hampered with injuries, and that wasn't all, all of his uh, doing. It'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. which of these quarterbacks pan out, which of these quarterbacks can stay healthy, which of these quarterbacks can have – the best organization uh, around them to succeed. And so that's going to be kind of my first question to you is uh, of the five quarterbacks taken right now, uh, which one do you think is most set up for success uh, as of today? As of today, Uh um, I'm going to go kind of against what you said. And I think Trey Lance is going into the best situation. Uh, I I think Trey Lance has a team that was in the Super Bowl two years ago that has not had a lot of turnover. The offensive line is better than when they were in the Super Bowl. Um, Mm -hmm. And he has a starting caliber quarterback ahead of him. um, So he has no pressure coming into that situation to learn quickly and be the starter because they already have a guy that's pretty set up. Um, Yeah. And so while Trey Lance, I'm sure, wants to compete and come into his role um, prepared, he doesn't have to. Jimmy Garoppolo is there and can take some of that pressure off of him, help him learn the system. And I think that's going to benefit Trey Lance a lot. I think that is the perfect situation for him. Um, I, I do like the Trey Lance pick. To me, I just think he's the riskiest quarterback of them all. Uh, he, he has... In the past, it's shown a history that one of the biggest things NFL franchises struggle to fix is just flat-out throwing accuracy, and he Mm -hmm. is the most inaccurate quarterback in the draft. Um, And so uh, that, for me, is my biggest concern. But I don't know. What do you you think about – So uh, uh, – Not about Trey Lance, but what do you think about your question and who has the most uh, ready scenario? I got to – I, I do agree with what you're saying out of Trey Lance uh, coming into the uh, uh, coming to the 49ers. Uh, the one thing, though, I think that's going to make it uh, tough for Trey Lance is, is I do agree with you just based off my analysis of, of Trey Lance. I think I thought he was the weaker of the five quarterbacks. Now, he has a really high ceiling. He has a much higher ceiling than someone like Mac Jones, so to say, but he has a significantly lower floor uh, in uh, in my opinion. And so that's why I think if we're looking at someone who is going to be uh, going into the best situation personally is uh, everything you just said where he's coming in and uh, there's a veteran and starter that's already there. And with an organization that's very experienced, one that you know very well, I'm looking at Mac Jones mm-hmm. and Mac Jones being picked up by the Patriots. You're going to have Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels. Like they, they have a, proven system that works and uh, I think it was actually kind of a uni- uh, unanimous of the five quarterbacks that were there uh, in- intelligence wise and, and knowing the game wise Mac Jones knew the game the best so if you go in mm-hmm. there uh, and you bring that level of, of smartness I, I'm, I'm, I'm clearly not that smart because I don't know what the correct yeah. word is there but uh, into, in, into that organization 
I, I think he has a lot of opportunity to be successful. Now, uh, are the physical tools there as much as the other four guys? No, but uh, I mean, not to make, I know everyone's making the analogy, but when Tom Brady was drafted, no, no, everyone thought the same thing. It, it, mm-hmm. it is definitely going to be a situation of, of, uh, how big is, uh, the fight in the dog and not, uh, not the size of the dog in the fight. So to say, if yeah. Mac Jones comes in and from day one and can grind and just prove his worth and continue to try and get better, he has the capabilities to be a very successful quarterback in that system. Um, mm-hmm. nothing against Trey Lance or anything like that. I do agree with what you're saying. I think he's coming in into a great situation. Uh, but it's a little bit of the riskier pick I would have thought. And I would have thought that Mac Jones might've been the better play there. Uh, if you're looking for immediate return, because I think Mac Jones could sit for a year and then come in and start and be NFL ready. We don't mm-hmm. know that about Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo only has one year left on his contract. So they're going to be expecting him to come in after just one year of learning uh, to come in. And he hasn't really played uh, any serious competition in a year. If he rides the bench, that's going to be a whole nother year of him not really having any competition. His first legitimate game could be uh, two years after his uh, um, FCS championship game. Uh, mm-hmm. And in 2019, and he had the one Trey Lance game that they, uh, through for him and in uh, the fall of 2020 just so then they can get some more game film on him but that, that i don't think that really counts as being on a weekend mm-hmm. week basis of the season yeah no i definitely agree i do like that mac jones was selected by the patriots i think he's a good fit and i actually think he's a little bit more athletic than people give him credit for uh i yeah. think they take away from him because when you watch him move around especially when he starts to run he looks slightly awkward um, yeah. And I think part of that's just his body shape. But, I mean, he ran a faster 40 time than Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield. Uh, and he actually has a pretty impressive arm at his pro day. He threw uh, multiple 65-yard-plus balls uh, in the air. Yeah. And so, for me, a lot of the concerns about him aren't necessarily about his ability to, like, read and understand and play the game. It's just kind of about his physical tools. Um, yeah. And so, I I do like that pick. I am concerned that he had such great weapons at Alabama that he may not necessarily have that in New England, but uh, we'll see. It's the front office's job to put the best players out on the field for uh, Mac Jones to succeed. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Uh, outside of the first round, I know we kind of skipped over some of the top guys um, in Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones, but there were four other quarterbacks taken in five picks. I think there are yeah. three quarterbacks taken in four picks. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Trask uh, wrapped up the second round picked by Tampa Bay. Then Kellen Mond was taken by Minnesota. And then Davis Mills was taken by the Houston Texans, uh, both mm-hmm. at the final, the latter two at the start of the third round. And I actually um, think that Kyle Trask uh, and Kellen Mond are going to go into great organizations. You've talked mm-hmm. very highly of Kellen Mond uh, yeah. over the, the past couple months as, as, as a sleeper pick. And I think he's going to mm-hmm. come in in a similar situation, much lower expectations. Uh, but he, he has the tool set that's there and he's going to be behind Kirk Cousins. And this could even be a situation. I'm not sure what Kirk Cousins contract uh, length. Uh, two or um, three years, I think. Two or three years. So that's given him a couple years to definitely uh, hone his skills. He is, as you mentioned, throughout his four years of college, has consistently improved and stats have gone up. Uh, every mm-hmm. single year 
And that Minnesota team does actually have some some weapons around him with uh, with a growing uh, wide receiver core, uh, an improving offensive line, and Dalvin Cook as your running back. Uh, that's not a bad organization to be in. And Kyle Trask mm-hmm. uh, being behind Tom Brady, uh, that's going to be a pretty solid uh, kind of rookie year, learning from the best that, that's ever played the game. The one that actually concerns me is, is I do feel for Davis Mills. Um, I think yeah. he's going to have an opportunity actually – uh, to potentially start even um, be depending on the Deshaun Watson uh, situation. I know Tyrod Taylor is there. So if Deshaun Watson leaves, Tyrod Taylor would be the day one starter, but Tyrod Taylor also has a lot of, um, uh, it, uh, it, it is injury prone. Um, uh, not all of uh, his own doing, so to say, but even in the, yeah. if he does get injured, then Davis Mills is coming into a really weak organization that is in a rebuilding mode. And it's, Tough for a rookie QB, especially as we've seen with Sam Darnold and just kind of his growth to come in there. And there's still some things you need to work on, but the organization is not really fully prepared uh, for for a rookie to come in who who doesn't really who yeah. hasn't gotten his sea legs yet on the NFL. So that's one mm-hmm. I, I'd want to keep an eye on of, of those quarterbacks. That so for me, I think Kellen Mond is in the best situation. Uh, yeah. I think he's the best quarterback of the three, but I also think he's the, in the best situation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like some of his game uh, game film. He was my number six quarterback. He was just barely outside the top five. Um, but the one that I do feel bad for, like you said, is Davis Mills. Davis mm. Mills has all the physical tools. He has the arm strength, the size, the strength uh, to be an NFL quarterback. Yeah. But – I think he came out a year too early. He had a pretty bad knee injury. I think it was freshman or sophomore year of college. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just don't think he's ready. I think if he stayed in a year and came out as a senior, he would have been a first, he'd be a first round pick next year. Yeah. But I think, I think so he well. came, I think he came out a little early. And for me, I just don't think that that is going to bode well for him. Yeah. Uh, Especially, Especially going to an organization like Houston. I just – he's in a worst-case scenario. Yeah. So, I don't know. Who knows? Honestly, with these quarterbacks in the draft, it's kind of a crapshoot. You never know. You have an idea, yeah. and you, you can kind of grade them, but sometimes you just never know. Well, but a lot of it, though, and, and quarterbacks get too much praise and they get too much criticism. Um, mm. And – He's going to be going into an organization that is not prepared, I, I think, to handle this. They they are still just trying to keep Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson is able to play even, and Deshaun Watson, uh, which we haven't even heard that much about because uh, I think because the NFL draft kind of took over, so we really don't even know where uh, those lawsuits and those allegations are at. But mm-hmm. there is a possibility that he does see some playing time in this upcoming season, and I don't know if there's going to be good enough team around him to – Keep him on his feet. Oh, yeah, no, sorry. definitely. Sorry. Um, uh, to get a little choked up about Davis Mills, you feel too bad. I know. For him. I feel so bad for him yeah. coming up. Yeah. Falling <laughs> it just hurts. Yeah. You know, you, you hate to see it. Mm-hmm. But then going back, uh, I do want to touch on the top three. Well, really, the top two quarterbacks taken. Yeah. Who of of Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence? Uh, who do you think is better set up in their at their current team? 
Well, I mean, and just looking off the the draft class, uh, I thought Newt the the Jets had a really good draft class. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I really believe that. Um, but taking Zach Wilson, and then they immediately their next three picks, uh, best offensive guard in the class, and Elijah Vera Tucker, a legit weapon in, in Elijah uh, in Elijah. Top Moore. five wide receiver in the class, easy, Absolutely. possibly top three. I'm actually upset with herself. We never even included him in our mock draft, and there was a lot of potential that he could have gone up even further. Oh, yeah. I, I'll Instant. talk a little bit about him when we talk about our worst picks. But yeah, no, uh, I d- discovered him a little bit later. And mm-hmm. I watched him just before we did our final mock draft, uh, but I had already kind of filled out my board. And he is definitely somebody I would have put in in the first round. Yeah. Uh, a legit weapon. I'm I, kind of scared to go against him as a Patriots fan. I, I so. just think he, he, he was on a bad Ole Miss team that, and then he sat out, I think, the final half because he didn't want to hurt his draft mm-hmm. stock. He didn't end up yeah. doing that. But then – so. Uh, Elijah Moore, uh, and then uh, taking Michael Carter at the beginning of the fourth round uh, is also yeah. good because I think that's a good value pick for that running back. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'll one of my worst picks of the draft is a running back, and I'll bring that up later because um, there was a lot of value that it could have been had later in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, if we're looking at that in an organization that is like is might be learning from their mistakes, also having a whole new regime, a new head yeah. coach and a new GM. They have a new GM, correct? Yeah, they have a new everything. Yeah, yeah. So being like, no, this is what we're going to do, and we need to set him up for success. And yeah. the Jets' offensive line was not good, but I think putting Elijah Vera Tucker there next to uh, uh, Mikhail Becton on the left side of that line, I think that's a mm-hmm. solid blindside um, uh, foundation for Zach Wilson uh, over the next uh, upcoming years. So you, you come in and – I think that's a good situation. Uh, yeah. the, the, and I would probably put Zach Wilson's situation a little bit better only because um, I think there's a little bit more known about some of the pieces that are around him. If you include Corey Davis, and then you do have a veteran running back still. And uh, Fra- it's Frank Gore, right? I don't know why I'm yeah, like Frank Gore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then also you do have a new head coach, but an experienced uh, defensive coordinator uh, that could help kind of reshape that defense and and you can have a solid team around him jacksonville mm-hmm. does have a good team however though with your new head coach being one of the better college coaches ever there's still a lot of unknowns that that is going to transition uh into the uh, upcoming years um mm-hmm. and it's going to be successful in the nfl and jacksonville yeah. is in a weaker division so i think he'll get better success uh might have a better record this year but i think we'll just have to see uh for trevor lawrence on um, which guy can develop a little bit more. I think Trevor Lawrence is still going to be successful and um, barring any in, uh, injuries, which I hope doesn't happen. I feel like, though, um, now Travis Etienne wasn't my running back pick uh, that I was uh, speaking about uh, that could have been taken later, but I felt like Jacksonville could have gotten him a better weapon. Uh, I feel like uh, mm-hmm. we, we've talked about Cam Robinson being a good uh running back and now I don't think he's a three down back and he's not as great of a catcher out of the backfield, but I felt like they could have gotten him a receiver such as uh, Elijah Moore um, or uh, potentially even Rashad Bateman was still on the board. Uh, and I felt like that might've helped improve Trevor Lawrence a little bit better, even though there is the chemistry with, with Travis Etienne. Uh, but all in all, not a bad situation for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think between the two, I think 
the Jets organization and their draft did a little bit better, I think. On yeah, uh, and I think it was much more direct. And I really love that Elijah Vera Tucker pick where they traded those two third round picks and be I, like, we're going to go. I get like the pick, the- not the trade. Well, um, maybe they could have given up a, a, a just one third and maybe a later pick instead of the, uh, yeah. both their thirds. But if you look at who they got though, and they were very direct, like he wasn't going to make it that far. And you're looking at, uh, especially guard wise, you're not really looking at anybody else that could come in and be uh, the be- like they could come and be be a game changer and potentially start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just I don't know. For me, I think they lost out on uh, some good third round picks by trading up for him when they could have gotten better overall value, especially on a roster that has a lot of holes. Uh, yeah. But I, I like the pick, so I don't want to. I don't want it to seem like I'm bashing the pick. I know what you mean. Uh, no, it, it's just the trade. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I definitely agree with everything you said. I think the Jets, man, the AFC East. I mean, three years ago, when the Patriots won the Super Bowl, the AFC East was horrid. I mean, oh, you had yeah. the Bills in the wild card, and then the Dolphins and the Jets were just like two and fourteen. Well, it's funny and, too. Uh, it's uh, starting to erupt, but it, it'll be interesting three years from now that the Patriots are the worst team and the Bills, Jets, and Miami mm-hmm. are are competing for a division. You know, once yeah, the no. gone and all that stuff. Yeah, no, I and like it, it, I could definitely see it happening. Uh, and I think that the Jets absolutely knocked this draft out of the park. I still don't think that they're going to really be competing for a playoff spot. I think in a year or two, it'll be a little bit more in the question of whether the Jets can actually do that. And also, too, it's going to depend on the development of Zach Wilson. But I think Zach Wilson has a better chance to succeed than uh, – or has a better chance or a better situation coming out of the draft than yeah. Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah. So, yeah. And – to me, that kind of wraps up the quarterback. I know we didn't really talk about Justin Fields that much, but uh, well, I get my one thing uh, with him, uh, and really my only question is: Do you think he'll be the starter from day one? It depends. Um, I I don't know. That's but like so like for me, I don't know if it's worth it to start him day one because I, what's the difference between six and 11 now that there's 17 games or seven and 10. Uh, the difference between the 11th and the 16th pick that in my opinion. So I, I don't know if you play him. I think he's going to need a lot more time to develop yeah. than some of the other guys. Cause his offense at Ohio state was pretty simple. Um, yeah. And so I, I think you play Andy Dalton, I don't want to say you play to lose, but uh, I, I think I think Andy Dalton starts the large majority of the season. I think so as well. I think uh, I think it's going to get to the point, especially if I know Matt Nagy, the the head coach there, and, and their GM are also. I think they're on the hot seat, and so if things aren't looking good, um, there there's one thing to be on on just to be a fan of a bad team, but then it's just a bunch of old veterans that you know, like are really going to make a difference. It might be more beneficial for them, especially the season's already being bad to kind of throw in Justin Fields and just, just kind of see what happens. You know what I mean? Get him some, yeah. some, some live game experience. You do keep things simple, but also get, uh, get his feet wet and try and give some promise 
I think, for the organization. Uh, and also mm-hmm. really kind of understand, I think, how he plays. So then when the next draft comes up, we are picking 11th or if you pick in the top 10 uh, or, or maybe you get another wild card out of it. You still at least have some idea on what pieces you need to have uh, around him, so to say. You know, if, if you go in and uh, don't really have that much film on him, you, you still might be kind of guessing in the dark on what uh, um, the best pieces to put to put around him. So that's my only thing on maybe I think he will, he will start eventually uh, towards the end of the season, unless if Andy Dalton and the Bears are just killing it. And in that case, then, then it's a win-win for everyone involved. Justin Fields still gets to learn uh, and also could get some playoff experience and gets to see a veteran day in, day out uh, on, uh, on how he uh, perfects his game and, and gets the team ready for Sunday. Yeah, no, definitely. And the, I like the Justin Fields pick. Like, mm-hmm. I just – the Bears organization has ruined so many quarterbacks that I I do, in a way, have sympathy for him, like Davis Mills. I just hope that Matt Nagy can finally figure out what he's doing with a young quarterback uh, and Justin Fields has success. Because from everything that I've read about him and, like, seen on TV, he seems like a great kid, and he is an incredible athletic talent. Yeah. It's just whether he can play quarterback in the NFL or not. And so yeah. well, and this and then this might be a situation because this this pick he, he easily could be the face of the franchise, but I think also Matt Nagy knows he needs to do well. Not mm-hmm. not he not just fields, but the Bears need to do well because this also could be a situation of a uh, coaching error. Because as we saw with Adam Gase, he kind of ruined not kind of ruined, seemed like he did ruin uh Sam Darnold. And Mitch Trubisky yeah. is out the door, obviously, and uh, nowhere to be seen, really. Um, and and I, I remember I, I watched the Bears live here in Nashville, went to the uh, Nat, uh, Tennessee Titans-Chicago Bears game this past season. And the Bears really did nothing that impressed me. And, and the Titans, yeah, they won the division, but their defense wasn't really that good. They, mm-hmm. um, they, the they barely really won struck- the division, too. They barely won the division. The Bears really struggled to put points up on the board until the fourth quarter when the Titans kind of went into prevent defense. It just felt like yeah. it just felt like they didn't really have that much like put together, so to say. And they were just kind of going yeah. through the motions. So some of that when you see stuff like that, that comes from uh, the top down. That uh, that's from the head coach and, and from the GM not really getting their players ready. Also, not really being the right guys, I think, for the job. So. Uh, we'll have to yeah. see with Justin Fields, but uh, Justin Fields will start uh, for sure at some point within the next couple of years. I, Matt, Matt Nagy yeah, will yeah. probably be gone uh, from that organization. Well, yeah, I don't know if Matt – it depends on the success they have in the next couple seasons, I think, for Matt Nagy. Uh, he definitely has the green light for this season to kind of take control, and we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. To me, Justin Fields is the biggest question mark coming out of the draft. Uh, I think Trey Lance has the best situation and uh, Zach Wilson's team had the best draft of the five quarterback teams. So I don't know. I might disagree. I think Trey Lance still is the biggest question mark. I think Justin Fields, his only question really? mark is with the organization. I, we, we the, see the, the, I think Justin Fields team is the biggest question mark. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I, I have no doubt about Justin Fields' athletic ability, but I just think that like him going to the Bears, I think the Bears are kind of questionable. That like last year they had eight tight ends on uh, their roster, uh, and for me, I like 
that is like the what is that going to turn into? I think San Francisco for the next couple of years, whether Trey Lance is good or bad, they're still going to have a top ten defense. They'll still they'll still have uh, pretty good weapons in George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk. Um, and so I think even if Trey Lance is average, uh, the 49ers will be a ten win team. Yeah. So okay, that makes more sense. I thought we were talking yeah, about yeah. the players specifically. No, 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 no. Fields, as I said, player wise, we know the talents there. We felt like. Well, not we felt like he was in a much easier system with the mm. uh, uh, Ohio State system. Uh, but coming out, though, can he develop his decision-making process? Can he develop his vision and reading uh, and, and, and doing his progressions? Because I think the talent's there. And that's what I was saying. Trey Lance, I think, is the biggest question mark as a player-wise um, for me personally. But now I yeah. see what you're saying. The, the organization-wise, yeah, the Bears probably uh, – because he's coming into a situation where the coach and the GM could potentially this could potentially be their final year, but with Jacksonville and the Jets, uh, new coaches and GMs, uh, the Patriots, uh, Bill, Bill Belichick's not going anywhere anytime soon. Dude, dude can retire. They go zero and sixteen for a couple seasons in a row, and they still won't fire him. The dude is is, is a god up there. Um, mm-hmm. And and Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers, like you said, have been successful. It is. They were just riddled with injuries last year, which is why they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. And so. so that kind of brings me into the next part of the show that I want to get into. And that's kind of our favorite picks. Um, I was going to do favorite picks from the first round and then favorite picks from the whole draft. Okay. Um, so I, I don't favorite pick in the first round. Uh, for me, I'm I'm biased. I I love the Mac Jones pick because I'm a Patriots fan. I think it's exciting for me. But I, to me, that's not who I think is – that that was not my – I'm not going to make that my favorite pick. Um, and so, I don't know. To me, my favorite pick of the first round was Rashawn Slater going to the Chargers at 13. Yeah. Okay. I, I, just, I think that, to me, was like – I don't know. I, I think they couldn't have done better. Uh, I mean, unless Panay Suel was going to fall down there. But I they got a top five talent at 13. Uh, and they didn't have to give up anything for it. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, yeah. that's the biggest deal because they had multiple holes to fill. And then they ended up getting uh, a wide receiver in Josh Palmer in the third round who has elite speed. Um, and so... Did you mention Asante Samuel Jr. as well in the second round? Well, yeah, Asante Samuel Jr. too, uh, but yeah. I just didn't have oh, to give oh, up. Oh, oh. oh, you just meant offensive-wise. I thought you meant all the picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, offensive-wise. Okay. I didn't have to give up anything like the Jets to get up to 14 to draft Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, yeah. For me, I just think that was like the best situation for the Chargers. I love the pick. Uh, so, so oh, yeah. 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 Uh, I, I agree. I and yours is. But uh, say it again. I have a guess of what yours is. I'm gonna write it down on this piece of paper real quick, and then I'll let you say your your piece on who your favorite pick is. So there was, I, I mean, I look at there's a couple picks that I dislike uh, a lot with um, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the first round, uh, and and I'm sure I'll get to those a little bit later. But there's a couple picks that I like. I, I mean, I remember when the when this pick happened. This one isn't my favorite. But uh, when when the Packers drafted Eric Stokes, uh, 29th overall, that that one was interesting just because of all the controversy. But if you actually look at it, what the Packers need, 
and yeah. the value that they're going to be getting uh, compared to some of the receivers that were available. If Rashad Bateman was there, I think I, I think you'd take him. There's an argument they could have taken uh, Elijah Moore uh, as well. Mm-hmm. But Eric Stokes, the Packers need help uh, uh, a lot with the uh, secondary. Um, and that was one of the things that really actually hurt, uh, hurt them down the stretch uh, in the NFC Championship game, actually – well, kind of, but uh, uh, I digress. I, re- I really like the Kadarius Tony pick as well uh, by the Giants, but probably my favorite one just because of the value that they got, and uh, they could have taken them with the 14th overall pick, but ended up actually getting two more third-round picks uh, out of it, and then still getting Christian Derisaw, 23rd overall, was the Vikings pick. I think that that was just an absolute phenomenal situation of them. And then also, then if you look uh, as at well, uh, as well, uh, and who they got there. They ended up getting Kellen Mond uh, with that third pick as well. Um, mm. And uh, who did they get with their other pick here? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I was wrong, by the way. I put Zayvon Collins at number 16. Zayvon Collins, I did like that pick as well. I did like that pick as well. Um, oh, uh, uh, but then with – sorry. Uh, with their other pick, then they ended up getting Wyatt Davis, which fell all the way down to oh, yeah. uh, the, third, the third overall. Uh, to, uh, to the late third round as well. So mm. just with that trade alone, they got uh, they still got their uh, the arguably the third best offensive tackle uh, in the draft. Then they got uh, a, I think an underrated quarterback uh, out of that, as well as then a uh, potentially future starting guard as well at, out of that pick. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think the best pick in the first round was that pick right there. Uh, I think there were a lot of really good picks. But if you look at the mm-hmm. value for, coming from that one pick and that trade and, and that decision, I, I mean, the Vikings absolutely hit it. Uh, uh, yeah. They had a home run uh, with that trade right there. Yeah, no, definitely. That's a very good point. Uh, I I do agree that that is, that is tremendous value. I mean, Wyatt Davis had a lot of high second-round buzz. Uh, yeah. I mean, one of the top three guards in the class. Um, yeah. And so that's a that's a tremendous pick. Uh, mm-hmm. especially going back, still getting Darisaw, and then yeah. uh, also getting a future starting quarterback, I think, in Kellen Mond and a starting guard in Wyatt Davis. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. I definitely, I definitely agree. And then, and then, so, uh, oh, but I was going to say that, that leads us into our worst picks, which okay. there were a few that were pretty questionable. Um, For me here, uh, let me go. Uh, the Alex Leatherwood pick for me was uh, is in my top three. I thought that was a little high, and also I felt like Christian Darisol was available uh, as well. Um, so I don't know why the Raiders didn't pick them. But for me, uh, I, the worst pick, and I feel bad because uh, uh, I was very high on Najee Harris uh, going in, but the Steelers with I, – I don't like that pick at all. For the Steelers, and I mean, don't. And this is one. This is this is the pick I was mentioning earlier. There is so much depth in the running back class that they could have gotten Michael Carter in the late third round. Like he was still available. You could have even gotten someone else. Um, uh, um, uh, Javante Williams. Uh, well, no, uh, he was gone by by the early uh, uh, second round. But you need to address that offensive line position because running backs are only as good as their offensive line and. They don't have it much of any offensive line. I think they lost at least two members of the offensive yeah, they line. Lost two guys. Yeah. yeah, and they need to fill that. And they did not even fill that posi- 
um, even start to address the offensive line, I think, until the third round. So that is where, to me, I look at that pick, and I think they could have gotten similar value from Naj- like from the running back position. Because also running backs are very uh, replaceable. If you have a bad offensive line, there's yeah. not really much replacing uh, that offensive mm-hmm. line. Um, and yeah, I think no. even uh, – I think Mel Kuyper agrees with me because uh, I'm looking at it now. He ranked the Steelers draft as the worst draft, so to say. Yeah, um, yeah. No, they're yeah. definitely one of the biggest losers in this in this draft class. I don't I don't think the Steelers, who usually draft pretty well, uh, yeah. draft drafted well at all. Um, they I just don't think that they really met like their team needs all that much. Well, I was gonna like, I they didn't even address the quarterback position because we both like we know Ben Roethlisberger is is on his final legs unless they think Dwayne Haskins can come in and be the guy or or Mason Rudolph and, and they're sticking with them, but. The um, but even then, on top of that, uh, whoever quarterback's going to be coming in, uh, you need to give him time to throw to the weapons. And like they drafted Pat Fairmuth uh, in the second round, and I, I like Pat Fairmuth as well. And they dropped all the way down to him. But at the same time, though, you you didn't even address the offensive line. And when you get yeah. into that late third round, you're starting to get into potentially some guys that could eventually start, but not start us from day one. They still need to get their sea legs in, in the NFL. Yeah. Some guys uh, probably aren't going to really be able to uh, come in and be that effective if they do have to start from day one as a rookie. Uh, So that for me, I think is the worst pick and they drafted a good guy. So I could absolutely be wrong. Um, But all in all, uh, there are a couple, uh, maybe a little bit later on, um, the Bills drafted uh, Gregory Rousseau. I know I said this live that like this is a fine spot to take him and, and he'd be a project. I also feel like there were some other guys that were available uh, that they could have taken um, that went not that much farther uh, after him. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Christian Barber uh, was one. He's more of a defensive tackle, so to say. But even guys like uh, Aziso Jalari or uh, Joseph Besai or Jeremiah Usukormoa uh, were, were all there. Uh, and I felt like the, those guys could come in and I think immediately help uh, from day one. So, anyway, so, so, uh, so those are kind of my thoughts. Uh, what was uh, – Yeah. Uh, so, your- for me, the, I, I think there were a few reaches, but I still like the player. Like, to me, J.C. Horn to the Panthers uh, is, is a little bit of a reach. He's not a scheme fit there. Um, and, like, they, they like to play zone coverage, and J.C. Horn is a press man corner. And it just he his tape did not look good when they played zone coverage, um, yeah. in college, and I don't know. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Jamin Davis is a bit of a reach. I still just go back to that Alex Leatherwood pick, and I just kind of like. I, well, I like the guy, but. I still just don't understand why they would pick him at 17. To to me, that one just doesn't make sense. Well, especially then, I mean, do you think Alex Leatherwood is better than uh, Landon Dickerson? I mean, if Landon Dickerson doesn't no. uh, doesn't tear his ACL, uh, he, he he's I think he's a easy first round pick. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. definitely. And, 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 he was and, a he was a middle second round pick with a torn ACL. Yeah, and so he, he's going to be coming in. Uh, and he could play center. He could also easily play guard as well. He fits the size. Mm-hmm. Alex Underwood, there are some guys that were picked later in the round where there are some serious game film uh, from, from the SEC. And they 
torched Alex Sutherwood. Like Alex Sutherwood held his own at times, but there's also a lot of times yeah. he's blown off the ball. And so, yeah. um, that's right. I thought that was kind of a reach, but that being said, that we're also not in the Las Vegas uh, uh, scouting room, so maybe they're seeing something else uh, and see some yeah. easy technique work that they can fix. So, but that's also too like the Raiders do this. Like I think the Raiders they watch a ton of film. And then they make their board and they just pick whoever they think is best or whoever I think they feel like is the best player for them. Mm-hmm. And like, I do have to kind of give them props for that because like they didn't, they, they don't care that they're getting heat for it. They, I think yeah. they probably think they got a steal. I just don't see the, like the first round middle first round talent in him, especially when guys like Christian Darisaw um tevin jenkins uh are still on the board yeah so i don't know that's that's my i think that has to be my worst uh pick i just think that's the biggest like what were you thinking and then also too another one that i also don't understand is peyton turner um to the saints at 28 yeah i remember when that pick happened we both looked at each other and we'd never even heard of the guy before yeah uh, the Saints had an interesting draft class, I felt like, because then it, they took uh, even then another quarterback, uh, um, uh, Ian Bach, and I think with their fourth-round selection or something like that, um, which was just interesting, too, because you would think out of all the positions in uh, uh, for the team that that quarterback was one of the ones that, that they were pretty locked up and also committed to with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Uh mm-hmm. Taysom Hill has been, been with the team now for several years, knows knows the playbook really well. Jameis Winston has a lot of talent in the world. Then they go and – I mean, I think Ian Bach has some potential, but but for an organization, kind of wasted a pick, I feel like, because uh, you could have taken uh, a receiver there or another weapon or some more defensive help because they were almost exclusively defense up to that point. Actually, they were exclusively defense up to that point. And it just felt like uh, it, it kind of – that goes along a little bit with the Peyton Turner pick as well. Uh, yeah. There are some other guys that were available that uh, could have provided better impact. But who knows? We could be completely wrong. We could be saying this by yeah. by this time next year. We're like, huh, who who thought that Peyton Turner pick was a bad pick? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, anyways, that kind of leads us into the last part here. We'll wrap up pretty quick, but – who who were your overall who was your overall winner and your overall loser uh, from the draft? Well, uh, I will start out uh, with the loser part. Um, I would have to I'd still have to put the Steelers I think as the loser. I mean mm-hmm. I'm just I'm looking at their their picks here and I'm looking at everything that they needed and also the things that they got. And I mean I'm sure there's some good value here uh, in the later rounds like their day three picks. Um, uh, I'm sure uh, they can come in, but they only drafted they only drafted two linemen: uh, Kendrick Green from Illinois, center from Illinois, in the third round, and uh, Dan Moore Jr., offensive tackle from Texas A&M, in the fourth round. And I'm sitting there, and and especially those are the only two offensive line picks. They didn't try and even build up and add more depth. Uh, so. Them to me, I, I think they're losers uh, by their own fault, so to say, uh, mm-hmm. because I, I feel like those picks 
do I like Najee Harris and P Pat Fairmuth? Absolutely. But if you're the Steelers, though, they were much better offensive line options, I think. Um, heck, and it, we already mentioned uh, Landon Dickerson could come in and play center, so someone that they lost from day one, and so to say. Mm -hmm. And But then also throughout that, uh, they didn't even address the quarterback position either. So I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like running backs, uh, like the Falcons, they didn't address the running back until the undrafted for the agencies, and I'm fine with that because running backs. Uh, who was the guy um, that played for Denver uh, several years ago, undrafted rookie that ran for a thousand? Oh, Peyton Lindsay. Yeah, Peyton Lindsay. There are guys like that more often than than people realize uh, because it is all about the offensive line that's in front of them. You know, yeah. uh, Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott are elite running backs because they do have a lot of gift, like physical tools and characteristics that they come along with. But even then, if they didn't have that with the offensive lines in front of them, they could still rush for a thousand yards to be and 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 have some serious impact uh, for the team. And the yeah. Pittsburgh, I think, really just kind of botched it there. Yeah, no, I de I definitely agree. I Pittsburgh, I I mean, we kind of talked about it already. They had one of the stranger drafts uh that we've seen them have in the last few years i just don't yeah. think that they i i think they may have gotten like some good players i just don't think that they got good value for some of their players so my yeah. uh but my big loser for the draft and i know you said you liked that uh the corner they took in the first round but to me is the packers mm -hmm. they won Outside of their first and third pick, I don't necessarily think that a lot of their picks were that great. Um, they didn't really address some of their major needs. I think they kind of needed some like some safety help. They did draft a couple corners. Um, their defensive line was fairly susceptible to the run game later in the season. Uh, and kind, they drafted one defensive lineman, uh, but to me, losing Aaron Rodgers or potentially losing Aaron Rodgers, uh, and what's kind of come out about the organization the past few days and having to go with Jordan, like potentially having to go with Jordan Love, um, to me, I, you just can't, I, you can't win in that situation, and so yeah. I, to me, I think they came out uh, a slightly worse organization than when they went into it yeah so no, and, so yeah uh that's a really good point as well it, it um especially then also if, if that is the scenario uh um i do still like that pick though and and, and the organization's got to do mm -hmm. what they think is best but i agree there aaron Rodgers is uh the, the face of the franchise and lose the face of the franchise because because let's say he does leave and goes to denver i know uh, that's an option. Um, if yeah. he does leave and goes uh, elsewhere, that division is now completely up for grabs, and that division is going to be um, actually very. They might be the NFC East of of next year uh, because none of those teams are really good. There's potential for some of them, like Minnesota, so to say, but uh, Green Bay. Like, like uh, and, and it's interesting too to see Aaron Rodgers must really not like. You mean the, the NFC North? 
Yeah, the NFC North would become the NFC East, where they potentially. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you were talking about the AFC West becoming the NFC East, and I was like, Oh, how no, no, in no. any way? I was like, No, yeah. no, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, um, uh, the uh, NFC North would become the NFC East, where potentially even the, the winning team has a losing record because uh, mm-hmm. some of those teams. Green Bay is the only team that is that is still all there, and it is interesting and. Aaron Rodgers must really be fed up with some of the people in the uh, organization or, or, or the city or, or whatnot because it's an interesting situation that he's in because, I mean, he's almost guaranteed the division. Like, he's going to go to the division, and also if he's looking at the NFC as a whole right now, he's not. I don't think he's really going to face any serious competition until the um, – NFC Championship. Now the verdict's still out on the Los Angeles Rams, so to say. But mm-hmm. I mean, he's got he's getting everything that he wants. Uh, he's going to get another NFC division. Uh, he he just had his first home game, uh, uh, NFC Championship home game, and, and they've made it to the NFC Championship three years in a row. Like the team is still good. Um, and now they're they're kind of a disadvantage because they keep drafting so late, so they can't go and get a Jamar Chase, so to say. But that, that's mm. just what's interesting about this whole Aaron Rodgers saga and debate. It makes me kind of question some of it uh, as well and some of the sources. It almost, yeah. it, it almost kind of seems like when, you, when I take a step back and look at how good of a situation it is for Aaron Rodgers uh, and that organization and, and how weak the division is, it almost seems like it's a prank. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, yeah. You know? I don't know. To me, I, just, I don't think the organization came out of the draft better than they were i think even if even if they convince aaron Rodgers to come back i think it is a bad look for aaron Rodgers in that locker excuse me in that locker room Mm -hmm. to come back after everything he's done so for me the packers are the big loser of the draft um i don't necessarily think that they drafted all that well i think their draft was just average um but then losing uh aaron Rodgers or potentially losing aaron Rodgers, i think damages the locker room and the, uh, the, just the team as a whole. But so my winner for the draft, I think, is somebody that we kind of already talked about. For me, the Jets won. Uh, I think they have three first-round caliber players um, in Zach Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker, and Elijah Moore. Um, yeah. And I just think that they set up really well through free agency, and then their draft just kind of like continued that. I would, I know uh, New England did that as well. I just don't, I don't like New England's draft after uh, on day three that much. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, I think the Jets definitely won with their picks. I think they were very, very good. Um, they had one guy. Um, the, I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, the Jets. Yeah, they had some good late round picks too. Yeah, they had uh, 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 Jamin Sherwood in the fifth round after Michael Carter was in the fourth. Michael Carter the second uh, was in the fifth. Uh, uh, Jason Pinnock, uh, cornerback from Pittsburgh, was in the fifth. Uh, Hassan Hamza Nazwal being safety from that, Florida State. That, I do remember seeing that pick, and I was like, I, I didn't realize he fell that far. That, but I think that's, that's the a one. Good the the safety. I I just think the Jets are going to be an all around more physical team next year, and I think yeah. that that is just going to bode well 
for them. So yeah. I, I think they're the uh, the overall winner of the mm-hmm. draft. Um, and I'm a little nervous to be in that AFC East, which was once a cakewalk for the Patriots. But now it looks like in the next coming years, we could have four teams in yeah. the NFC East that could be fighting for playoff spots. Well, they, they all could make the playoff too, honestly. And yeah. So – uh, there's a legitimate possibility that four through seven uh, are all AFC East representatives, uh, just because they, they'd all be kind of battling it out and beating teams. Um, and the division winner could potentially be nine and seven, uh, all depending on if yeah. some of the other teams are, uh, but that's, are not doing well. But it's not just because the team would be bad. It would just be like they have to play six division games and go three and three like so i don't know for me the jets the jets won the draft um but who, who do you think won so i i know we uh i'm gonna go with the team that we haven't talked about yet obviously the chargers could absolutely be worth this uh um this honor so to say but and i mean and, and, and for them just having rashawn slater uh be their first overall pick and essentially I, I mean, the, the team absolutely does have some needs um, elsewhere. But having Rashawn Slater fall to them, 13th overall pick, not having to give up any trades or, or, or uh, any other draft picks to get him. Mm-hmm. I think to me already, that's already like a B plus, I, I think, for them. And then them getting uh, Sante Samuel and then some other – some good receiver weapons later on uh, is worthy. But I, I want to talk about another team that we haven't talked about yet. Um. And uh, I know you're a little bit indifferent on Jalen Waddle, so to say, uh, and, and have some questions about his hands. But I think if we're looking just at these first five picks, I think that Miami uh, had, I, I think that it, that they address a lot of key positions with guys that can come in from day one and start. Jalen Waddle uh, could come mm-hmm. in and be an absolutely serious threat uh, for defenses and a great weapon for Tua. Uh, Jalen Phillips, potentially could have been a top 10 defensive end uh, and staying in, in in his college town in Miami. I think he's going to be a great fit, and I think he's going to be tough for all the AFC East uh, teams that they play. Then you get a, uh, arguably one of the better uh, safeties that was in the draft, uh, Jevin Holland, that can come in and start on day one. Mm-hmm. And then you still got Liam Eikenberg uh, as their second second-round pick uh, to help protect uh, two up. Mm-hmm. So th- and he's going right to kick over to right tackle. I th- it seems like because they have okay. Austin Jackson at left tackle, and that's yeah. right tackle is a much e- much easier spot uh, than yeah. left tackle. So yeah. So uh, um, that that to me right there, they picked four guys and four picks, uh, all within the first forty two picks that will probably be day one starters. I think, mm-hmm. and 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 I think they all can legitimately. Uh, provide some serious impact for that team. And and you look – and it's kind of, you just talked about the Jets, but you look at the AFC East team, like these two teams I think can come in next year. And Miami was already pretty good. They just missed out on the playoffs, and two is going to have now a full year of experience and the whole organization is going to be around. And he's a long. year removed from his hip injury. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. So, so I, that to me, I, I think, um, just to talk about a different team, as the Chargers as well could have been another team that was that that could have been uh, number one, um, but to me, I I, I think Miami uh, is another team that had an absolutely great draft class with the 
the mm-hmm. value that they got at all their picks. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. It was definitely an interesting draft. Uh, we are going to be doing a division-by-division division breakdown of all these teams. So uh, make sure to hit the like button and subscribe, and we will see you guys next Tuesday at 8 p.m.